If you've lost someone or something, whatever your loss, whatever your pain, you need to know there is a way through the grief and a bright future ahead. But don't just take my word for it. My guest today is here to share how he went from painful loss to a good life and how you can too. This is the Shut Up Devil Show, and I am Kyle Winkler, here to shut down the enemy's lies in your life. I do it live on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central at kylewinkler.org slash live. Would love to have you sometime if you haven't joined us live. Okay, it is my pleasure to introduce you to one of my favorite people in the world. He's someone who helped me lose my butts. You know, the, <laughs> the ones that sound like God loves butt or God is good, but, or God forgives, but. He's one of the most gracious people that I know. He's one of the most loving, one of the most empathetic and compassionate. He's my friend, Rick Manis. Rick, thanks so much for joining me live in person. Oh, it's fun and it's a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Well, the pleasure is mine. I saw a quote recently, Rick, and it said that whenever I see someone with an abundance of empathy, I want to ask what heartbreak they've endured, hmm. for compassion is often birthed in the valley of despair. Hmm. And as I said, you are one of the most compassionate people that I know, and that's not flattery, that's, that's true. Hmm. But I know that comes with a story. In 1979, you were radically saved out of drugs, alcohol abuse, crime. You went on to become a pastor now a traveling Bible teacher now for more than 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. Right. You were married and had children teaching on the love and the grace of God. And so you lived a good life, 30 years of marriage, more than 30 years. Yeah, yeah, 33. And you've actually said in that time you didn't even have a headache, you didn't even have a flu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you were experiencing yeah, over, God's goodness. Yeah. But then your world came crashing down in a doctor's office. Would yeah. you tell us what happened? Yeah. Um, uh, my, my wife went in for, for her checkup and she just went to, she, she mentioned during the checkup that she had a, uh, had a, a bump on her side or a, a pain actually on her side, not a bump, a pain. And she thought it was like she had pulled a muscle. She had been saying that for a while, but it didn't go away. So she asked about it. He said, it's probably nothing, but let's do a scan just to be safe. Well, he called her on the way home. And so she comes, come, comes home and she says, I just got a phone call. He won't tell me what it is. I'm afraid of the worst. We, anyway, we go in and we get the diagnosis and he finds tumors all through her abdomen. Hmm. And so then- Not so, really symptoms before. Not really symptoms. No, that, it was almost like, it, almost, it was like, like it wasn't fair is what it really felt like because, hmm. because it, there was no opportunity to catch it early in this case. And, uh, so then, you know, they, they do test after that and, and confirm that it's cancer, it's stage four, mm. uh, metastatic, it has spread and, uh, you know, they, they they offer treatment, but if anybody knows anything about cancer, once it does that, it's basically, it's a death sentence basically. And, uh, and that's what happened. Our world came crashing down and we were, we were, um, we were living a life that was just, it was, it was fairy tale. Some people thought we had perfect lives. We never did. Nobody does. <laughs> sure. But it looked good. And we were very happy. We were very much in love. 33 years of marriage? 33 years of marriage. And, uh, and, and I taught 
faith and believed in faith uh, a lot and believed in healing and, and so mm. on. And, 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 it, and it seemed like everything was working mm. for us. Mm. And then it came crashing down. And that, then, then that happened. And she, she fought the cancer for three years and, and her body finally succumbed to it. And, uh, and she died at 53 years of age. And if that's not enough, the loss of your wife wasn't the last loss that you would experience just recently, what, months ago, six In, months ago or so? Uh, April of this year. April of 23. Mm -hmm. Your daughter, Christy, unexpectedly mm -hmm. passed away too. What happened there? Well, uh, a sudden illness came, uh, came upon her and uh, we get a call while we were on the road, out on the road speaking that she was uh, in ICU, intensive care. And we're like, what's going on with that? We're, we hear that she's on life support. Mm. And uh, through a cascade of, 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 of medical things that were going on with her, anyway, she, she died very quickly. And uh, so now I've, I've lost a, a wife that I was married to for 33 years. Um, and now, 10 years later, I lose my oldest daughter. So I've been through two of the biggest heartbreaks. I, I always felt when I lost my wife, I said, that's the biggest heartbreak you'll experience except for losing a child. And mm -hmm. I had not lost a child at that time, but I just imagined that would be the only thing that could possibly hurt more than losing a wife that you, a spouse that you've been married to for a long time. And uh, so as I sit here now, I've actually experienced both of those things. And did you find that to be the case? Was, was it more painful for your daughter? Was it equal? What? Uh, it was different. different. It was different. They were both very, very painful, but it was a different kind. Um, uh, I'm actually finding that with 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 my daughter, there's a, a a missing that's there. There's still there's still these days that come that that the tears come. You'll remember something, and it's almost it's a bittersweet thing because the the love's there. There's the, there's a joy that's that's there from uh, knowing her, but then there's the pain of of of, of missing her. So. It's, it's, it's a different kind. It was a very deep kind um, when I lost my wife because with that one, it was a shock. My, I, my life just blew up. I didn't even know who I was. I didn't know if I had a future. I didn't know, I didn't know if I'd be in ministry. I didn't, I didn't know what I even believed about God you know, mm -hmm. in, some, in some areas. So I was just in a, you know, I went through this, 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 this whole pain of losing, but then it's like, do I have a future? I don't even, it was just hard to see. It was, it was just hard to see, see tomorrow. I didn't know. In fact, you know, I was, have had a traveling ministry at the time and I started canceling meetings because I said, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> Honestly, I just <laughs> right. didn't have a clue. Uh, I was, I was in that shock of loss. And this loss that we're talking about, this pain, this is what people describe as grief. That's what this yeah. is. It is, it's the loss of someone or Something. I mean, it doesn't have to be a person always, does it? Right, it could no. be a job. It could be a yeah. pet even sometimes. Yeah. You're grieving loss is what it is. The absence of some presence mm -hmm. in your life. Now, I could talk about grief. I could teach about grief. I could pull some Bible principles out. I could make some observations from life. But for me, they would really be observations mm -hmm. because fortunately, I haven't had that kind of painful loss from somebody that was close to me yet. But when you talk, and the reason why I wanted you to come on here today and take us through kind of the grief process from a 
faith-based perspective is because you talk with experience and with the compassion that can only come from experience and not just once, but as you said, twice. Yeah. And when people think about grieving or they react to pain like this, I tend to see people do it in one of two ways that I'd love to get your thoughts on here. And, and the first way, which I think is kind of rampant in the church world, especially certain circles, is that they bottle it up, mm-hmm. pretend it's not there. Some even go as far as not to talk about it because they're afraid their words might give it some sort of power. So mm-hmm. don't even mention it, bottle it up. As a man of faith, a preacher of faith, were you tempted to do that, especially with, I would say, your wife? Mm-hmm. And do you think that's healthy for people to do? No, I don't think it's healthy, and that's a good question, because um, I, had, I had seen it a lot before that. And so before I experienced the loss of my wife, I would have to minister sometimes to people going through grief. And like you said, I did the best I could with 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 what I knew about God and faith and 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 so on, but um, yeah, it's it's a different thing because you're experiencing something personally with God that goes very deep during those times of grief. But um, what I noticed before uh, in ministering to people that there was it was very common to have that temptation to be to be in denial because mm-hmm. because as Christians you're not supposed to be sad. Right, and so right. there'd be people like You're supposed to have the joy of the Lord be your strength, the joy right? of the Lord. Yeah. Like a like like a loved one would die, and then you know two hours later they're acting all happy, and we're like, <laughs> this can't be right, you know, it can't be healthy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so I was aware of that. I, I in ministering to other people, I was aware that that's a possibility, that that's a temptation. So I personally, for me, uh, in that time, I was very careful with that. I was very uh, observant, and I was watching myself to make sure I wasn't doing that. Um, on the other hand, you can go to the other side where you can't get out of the grief. Right. That's what I was going to say. Kind of that the second way that I've seen people handle this is almost as if grief becomes normalized to them. Mm-hmm. It's like their new normal. Mm-hmm. And they just expect that I've just got to be sad and mm-hmm. am going to be sad for the rest of my life. And they right. just embrace that as kind of a new identity. Right. Right. But that doesn't have to be the case, does it? No, no, it, it doesn't have to be the case. Uh, and it's, it's tempting or it's easy for uh, people to fall into that because you really, you, you, you really feel like your life will never be that good again when you've lost something that, that big in your life. And so um, uh, with me, I, I was not going, I was determined that I wasn't going to be in denial, that I, I knew enough that I was going to feel the full scope of the feelings that that, that you're supposed to feel when you lost somebody like that. Um, but I also knew, and here's, here was the best thing for me, and this is why people need to know how good God is, because I already knew about the grace and the goodness and the love of God. I already knew um, him in that personal way, and I knew he was good. Now, my situation didn't look good. It looked no. like he just let my life crash, but I knew him. See, and that's, 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 that's the real faith. And, and I also knew, you know, people ask me, didn't, what, you know, did you ever just throw up your hands and get angry at God right. and say, what, well, you know, what the heck, God? And for me personally, I didn't. Uh, it's common that you do, and it's okay, actually, to do that. But for me, I happen to, to just know that, okay, I'm really hurting right now, and I need 
God. There's one help that I, that I believe I have. There's one healer. There's one comfort, and I need that now. So I, did, I turned to him very quickly, actually. Um, and the best way I can say it is that in that pain and in that shock and in that, that sense of hopelessness, because I didn't know what a tom- what, if I had a tomorrow, mm-hmm. he was good to me. And he comforted me, and he really was, I say, he was my wonderful counselor. Mm. And he started speaking things to me by his spirit in my heart. He started, he started leading me in things. He actually started explaining some things, and he was, he was good. And that's so often why I, I like to, um, to, to repeat so often, even in, in ministry and in my teaching and preaching, that you, know, um, you have to know that God is good. Because if you don't, if I didn't know he was good, I would have just said, well, I trusted him, now look what happened. Um, you didn't have to have the answer. No, no. Because you had him. Yeah, because I had him. And honestly, I couldn't give you the complete theological answers and reasons for any of that. Right. But I didn't have to have it because I had his goodness, and that was enough. And he was good to my heart, and he was comforting to me. Um, just like a physical friend could come over, would come over sometimes, and they would, they would be there. And that was comforting to me to have somebody, somebody there sometimes. Well, God was there. In, uh, in the evenings when I'm all by myself. And, and knowing I, that he wasn't there to afflict you with something or to punish you or to tell you, suck it up and get tough and, you know, whatever, knowing that he was there to comfort had to be healing for Yeah, him. it was. And, and for him to be that way because he comforted and he counseled and he, and he said things. And he, he, there, were, there were a couple of just words of godly wisdom that came straight from him that got me through. One of them was, uh, he, he, he said, he said, Rick, um, uh, many people stay in grief a long time because they keep their, either their focus on what they lost rather than on what they had. That was a good word for me personally. If that would have encouraged, you know, the person next door, I don't know, but he knew what would encourage so me. So what did that look like in the situation with, with your wife and with your daughter? Both of them, both of them, the same thing is that it changed my focus. And I, and I realized, wait a minute, I had this beautiful woman, faithful, loving wife, and we were in love and we had a great relationship. Some people don't ever get that. And God didn't have to give me that, but he did. And I had that. And I was a, a lucky man to have that. It hurt. I did not like losing that. <laughs> didn't didn't want to lose that. But I had that. And that fact and, and just that focus I noticed it was putting a smile on my face sometimes thinking about it. And so when I would think about it, I was thinking of something good rather than just, rather than just what I lost, which, which would always bring pain only. And so um, I would do that, and I, and, I, and I realized that, oh, God has been good. You know, a lot of times in our life, we, when, when anything hard or bad or negative happens, it can fill, fill up our, our, our field of vision. And it just sometimes it feels like my whole life is nothing. It's no good. But the truth is that if we'll zoom out and look at the big picture, there is still so much goodness and so, many, so much blessing in our life. And I was able to see that. So it didn't overwhelm me. The darkness just didn't, didn't, didn't overwhelm me. And goodness was still there. And there was something to be thankful for. And I found myself thanking God that I had this person in my life. Now, some people might hear you say that and think, well, maybe you're just more of a positive person in general. Mm-hmm. 
Is, is that true? Are you born more positive and so you're just able to see the bright side of things more? Or is this really something that was founded in, in your core belief of God's goodness and him being with you? I love that question because the answer is no. I, was, I did not grow up that way at all. I grew up, my family was basically a negative type of family. and you know, compla- you know, There was a lot of complaining and stuff. But even then, I remember one of them saying, Rick, you've got the poorest outlook on life I've ever seen <laughs> because I was that way. I was super negative. My, the way that I grew up and the experiences I had growing up, it just, I was, nobody would have called me a, a positive person. Yeah, because you sitting here now as you're talking doesn't sound like what you said your family called you. Yeah, no, not at all. But that's, that's the changing power of God. Change does happen. And change, you know, began. Uh, way back at a certain point in my life and after I met the Lord, started happening. I started finding out, especially when I found out about his, his, his goodness and how gracious he really was, that he loved me unconditionally. When I got a hold of that one, I started knowing how good God was and that he became my father, he became my best friend, he became everything that, 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 that I would need. And when you have that, when you have, when you have someone that you know is, is always going to be good to you, even when this world is not good to you, but he will be good to you, you're always going to have hope. You're always going to have an outlook, a, a good outlook, when you know that somebody's for you. Do you think that's what the Apostle Paul was meaning in First Thessalonians 4.13? He's talking about grieving and grieving the loss of believers who have died. And he says, we don't grieve as ones who have no hope. So obviously there is a grieving process. So we can forget this idea that you got to bottle it up and deny it. There yeah. is a grieving process yeah. that you need to go through, mm-hmm. but you don't do it as one without hope. Right. And yeah. so that hope is sourced in that hope is sourced in knowing that God is good. Yeah. And that's what that's what it was for me. And I had I I had hope. And there and 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 with that. I found out that it, it wasn't long. Now, there's a grieving process, and there are things to say about that. I mean, it goes deep, and it should. It needs to. Do you think that there is a time limit? Like in the Old Testament, God dictated kind of a time limit for people, and it was kind of based upon how close they were, mm-hmm. 30 days mm-hmm. and such. Um, do you think, is that part of this? A little bit. I, th- I think God put that time limit to show them this is not supposed to last forever, you know, do it for, for a time. It shouldn't control you and right. make you a slave. Right. For, yeah. But I have found, so I do believe that it's, it, it's individual and different for people. We, we're, we're all different. But with it all, that we, we can walk with God through it, and God will, will walk you through. Uh, in my case, the, the heavy part of the grieving was, was what many people think looked abnormally quick and short. I will tell you that it was very intense, and it, and it, and it didn't last long like you see a, a lot of times, but it was very real and very deep. Um, I mean, there was crying out. There was hollering out. There, I mean, so there was, was anger involved in it as well? I, with me, it, it, it can be in, in people. If people have that, then that will come out. That will be dealt and with. And that's, that's not necessarily a sinful response. No, not at all. No, you God be understands. No, be afraid of it at all. God understands all of that, and he's there to help you, not to condemn you. Mm-hmm. Um, with me, it was just pain. And, um, and I've talked to other people that, 
are familiar with experiencing grief. And a lot of times there's just this deep something that happens that just, that you, you get this final release okay. to where you just know you have, you have expressed your pain. With me, it was just crying out. It wasn't any specific words. With me, it wasn't in anger. Um, it could be. Um, different people grieve different di- ways different is people, what you're saying. Yeah, depending on, 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 on who they are, what they're feeling in it. Um, a lot of people do feel anger. Um, and it's totally understandable. Um, I didn't, I, w- I wouldn't express my feeling as anger. It was just pain, shock, and loss. And, um, uh, and then the, the, the sense of hopelessness about not seeing a future. Um, but when I saw that God was good, it gave me hope, but then I would talk to God and I would, I would, I, would, I, I began to realize that God had something good. And I was, I was being uh, drawn to scriptures that would say things like, the glory of your latter is greater than your former, things like that. And, and, and I, would, I was finding, I was coming across all the scriptures that would talk about having a hope and a future. And I came to believe that whatever God had for me, I felt like he had, he had spoken this to me in my heart, that I've got something better for you than anything you've seen before. And, and I, I, it's hard for me to imagine that. I'm like, yeah. hey, it was good before. Why can't I just have what I had? Why did I have to lose that? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't care about anything else. I would have liked to have that. Um, but God is really God. And, and I had seen him come through in my life in other areas. I had never gone through anything as big and painful as this before. But I had seen God come through to where you'll, you'll, You'll look like you'll lose something in your life or in your ministry, and and God always comes through with something restores it with something better, 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 right? right. Yeah, I'd seen that many times, so that wasn't a surprise to me. But I just could not imagine what it could be. But I gave myself permission to live because Mm -hmm. God's got something. So, And, and you've mentioned something that I think might be surprising to a lot of people to hear is that God brought you to a place of seeing collateral beauty mm-hmm. in the loss and the pain. What do you mean by that? What did you see? Part of the collateral beauty is, 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 is seeing, seeing the blessing of what you've had, but the collateral beauty is, ha- is what happens inside your heart. I gained something. One, one of the things that I gained in that time when I when I was allowed or I allowed myself because of what he had shown me, allowed myself to get up and live. I, I, can, I remember the day when I said, I'm going to wash my face today. And mm. Today I'm going to start mm-hmm. living. And I didn't know exactly what the plan was that God had for me, but I knew that it was bright. I yeah. didn't know what, that, what, it, what the specifics were, but I, I knew God. And God was going to be with me and it was going to be good. And you so, kind of made that decision. Made that decision. And so part of the collateral beauty that I got personally from that was that in the losing, like my wife was taken quickly, it seemed like she was gone in, in just a short time. And I realized in a very real way that life, physical human life, it's very tenuous. Mm-hmm. And there really is not a guarantee. <laughs> I mean, I saw that firsthand. And because Teresa and I thought we were going to grow up, grow, grow to be 100 together, yeah. you know, and it didn't happen. So there's not a guarantee necessarily. And I was a faith man. I was, I, I mean, I had as much faith as anybody, you know, you would have, everybody thought, but 
um, what I learned was that life is a gift. Every day is a gift. And that's actually something that Teresa would, would say towards the end of her life. Every day is a gift. So I felt like that was a gift she left me in this whole thing. Every day is a gift. And I made a decision that I was not going to waste any days of this human life um, angry at anybody. I wasn't going to stress or worry. And I wasn't going to fight with anybody. So it kind of forced you, I suppose you could say, to put things in perspective. I, it gave me a different perspective. Yeah, it, the situation put me in a place to where I, I, I saw a different perspective. And, and, it, and these are things that I sort of knew already, but it just, it just gets established and settled. And it's like, okay, if I'm still got to be here without this person in my life, then how am I going to live now? And, yeah. and that's a good point because I think you said it just a few minutes ago that there came to be a point in your grieving process where God told you you need to give yourself permission to live. Yes. To have life. That's, that's, to that's experience a major. resurrection. Yes. And so what did that look like for you? How does somebody give themselves permission to live after a loss? That's, that's a good And this is what I see a lot of people run into. This is the wall a lot of people run into after they've suffered loss. That I had to, um, I had to let go and say, okay, she's gone now. There was a life that I could only live with that person in my life with me. But now there's a life that I can only live without that person in, in my life. Mm. And I had to accept it. And I had to, and, and I could accept it because I believed that somehow with God, it was going to be a good life. So when I gave myself permission to live, I was also giving myself permission to live well. Okay. And so that meant, that meant that I was going to, I didn't have to, I didn't owe, that was another thing. I did not owe my 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 wife that had died, I did not owe her any more crying and grieving. See, that's what a lot of times mm -hmm. people think. They think the way we honor them is to continue to feel the pain. Fester that pain. Yeah, keep keep yeah, keep festering that. And so in prayer, I mean, this is so so important. Talking to God a lot about this. I mean, because he was my hope, man, I'm talking to God a lot. And then I would get these get these things. I I, I honestly felt like like God allowed me to feel her permission for me to live. In fact, it wasn't just permission. It was almost like I could feel her saying, you better not just sit down. You better not just quit. You know? Yeah, because <laughs> if she was here, she wouldn't want you to do that. Absolutely. So and she's I, best honored by you continuing your life. You. And that's what I tell people so often in grief. I say it if I, if I have to minister at a funeral. I, I, I usually say that, that the best way to honor this person is to go on and live well and, mm -hmm. and, and enjoy the gift of life that we have because the people that depart and you mentioned the, the, the scripture of Paul about the hope we have is the, is the eternal life that we have. And, and it was just, it, it was like, I was made aware that Teresa is living this life right now. She is living this life in fullness. And it's almost like, now this is for you too. You know, Rick, this is for us here. Yes. We're, 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 we're bound by human body and all that. But the fullness and goodness of God is still here for us to experience the joy of the Lord and, and, and so on. And so I gave myself permission to live that. And, and that was a big thing. It was just like, like, okay, today is the rest of my life. I am now going to live. And, and you remarried. And then, and then not long after that, I met Judy. Yes. 
and I remarried. And permission we, to live. I yes. gave myself permission to live. And I talked to God a lot about that, too, because it's like, okay, here's this other woman in my life. I've been married to one woman for 33 years. Here's this new person, and she seems perfect for me, but talk to me, God. You know, this is, this is awful, awful, awful quick. And uh, one time I said, you know, maybe shouldn't I wait a couple of years or something like that? And it's almost like, like, like I heard God say, you know, well, you can just wait if you want to, or you can receive what I have. Yeah, <laughs> but, that's a good word. But, 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 I, but I did. And uh, we just celebrated 10 years wow. uh, this, this past month together. Well, it's congratulations been, on it's that. It's been wonderful. And this is a good point because I didn't know this is what God had. I didn't know if I would marry again. I didn't, I didn't know. But um, this was one of the good things that God had for me. He had somebody that was perfect to walk me the rest of the way. Mm. And I didn't know that. But I did know he was good. And so whatever he had for me was going to be good. And what this was, was good. It's not the same. It's, it's not good. the same. It's, it, it's not the same. And it's not supposed to be the same. And it doesn't have to be the same. It doesn't have to be the same to be equal or You're not better. looking for a replacement necessarily. You're not looking for, an, uh, for a replacement. Uh, Judy is someone completely different than, than, than Teresa was. And Teresa was, was, was you know. It seemed like the perfect thing for that time in my life. But to walk the rest of the way home, he gave me this other, this, this other person. And now, I mean, think of this. I was thankful that I had one wonderful marriage. I, I've had two. Yeah. Some people don't get one. There's collateral beauty right there. <laughs> that is a collateral beauty. And so in all of that, I'm a, a witness and a testimony to the goodness of God that mm. you can trust him. And you don't always have to know all the answers. I did not know any of the answers, really. Uh, but I knew he was good. And that's why everything seems to come back down to that all the and time. And that, that is your life's message. It's my and life's message. And you've lived it in and, every which way. And, and I've experienced knowing God in that way and how that has benefited me. Yeah. And that's, that's why I'm so big on... on doing my best to explain how good God is, because I want everybody to know that he's good. Because if you know he's good, then if hell breaks loose in your life, you'll thrive. Mm -hmm. You'll get through it, and you'll come out, on, and, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll shine on the other side if you know God's good. And there's, and it's, there's not a, um, a contradiction uh, with that and, and also feeling the loss. I, st I, I miss my daughter. I, I can think of her right now, and I can start to tear up because I miss her. And I can feel that pain, but and there's there's, there's a sweetness because I have I'm not without hope. I I know that she's she's happy. I know that she's fine. She's well. We're all headed towards this celebration. And when I think of her, I think of her with fondness. I think of how she makes how she makes me laugh. But I also feel the pain of of of, of missing her. And that's and, okay. And that's okay. And that will that 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 will probably always be there. Um, because, um, like Winnie the Pooh said, you know, I've loved somebody so much that it hurts when you lose them. But it's it's a sweet pain because there's love with it, yeah. and that love is that is a precious thing uh, to have, and 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 we have that. But but God is 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 good. You can still live in fullness of joy and love and peace, and still hurt for somebody. You can still you can still have that, but you don't want the hurt to define your life mm. and let it put a big shadow over. Over, over your life to where you don't get to experience the love, joy, and the peace. I think that's a great way to kind of wrap a bow on this, Rick, is God is good. Give yourself permission to live. 
and give yourself permission to feel the pain at times, but don't let it control your life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Rick, I know you have so much more you could say on this topic. Uh, where can people find out more and get more help from you on this topic? Yeah. Uh, well, my website is rickmanis.com. It's that simple, rickmanis.com. This book, Resurrection, Trusting the God I Knew with the Future I Didn't, we uh, have that uh, available. Of course, you can find it on Amazon everywhere. But it's, um, you know, that's, that's my little story of getting through that. I wrote that to help people that, that, are, that are hurting uh, with grief and loss or know somebody. And uh, we've, we've had a lot of uh, stories and testimonies of how people have, have really been helped by it a lot. But yeah, uh, rickmanis.com, uh, our uh, Facebook page is, is, is rickmanis, facebook.com slash rickmanis. Uh, uh, and I can tell you, you post great stuff on there every single day. Yeah, so, thank you. So be sure to check it out. And I want you to remember something that I've heard Rick say. I think you probably wrote it in your book there. He says that everything with God leads to resurrection, to something brighter. Even in the creation story, a day doesn't start with morning and end with night. It starts with night and ends with morning. Evening came and morning followed. Look it up. Darkness gives way to light. The latter is greater. That's God's way. And it can be your way too. And Rick is here to help you. So be sure. Check out his podcast too. Oh yeah. It's uh, hosted with his beautiful wife, Judy, who's just right out there tuning in or watching in. It's called The Third Option, and you can find it in your favorite podcast app. Follow him on his social media. Check out his website, rickmanis.com. I'm here to help you too, because really it's reality that life in this fallen world is accompanied by a variety of symptoms, fear, loneliness, depression, grief, just a few. Yet it's also reality that you are not left helpless or hopeless against any of it. God has a simple but powerful prescription for relief, and it's in the gospel. I show it to you in my new audio series, The Gospel, The Simple Cure for Life's Most Common Symptoms. This series includes a little more than two hours of teaching through five messages, the cure for fear, taking no offense, getting beyond guilt and shame, the loneliness solution, and being a Christian with depression. If you're battling something, whether it's emotional or physical, this series will help bring that healing that Jesus died to give you. So you may get the gospel on five MP3s today at kylewinkler.org slash gospel. That's kylewinkler.org slash G-O-S-P-I-L-L. Okay, that does it for the Shut Up Devil show. Remember, God is good and he is for you and we're here for you too. Every week on my website at kylewinkler.org on our podcast, and wherever you get your social media. Don't forget wherever you're watching or listening to tap that subscribe or follow button so that you never miss a show. I'll see you next time.